A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Been very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 111. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. So The Master's Dog is a podcast that where I deal with false teachers, false doctrine, false gospels, false prophets, anything that threatens the truth of God's word, as the quote in the beginning of the introduction says, I will bark. Um, I would be a coward if I did otherwise. So uh, I started this podcast out as Faith and Beliefs Refuted, where I was responding to the Faith and Beliefs segment of the Saints Unscripted podcast, which is an LDS podcast, formerly known as the Three Mormons. Uh, They started a segment called Faith and Beliefs, where they were breaking down the 13 articles of faith, and so I wanted to respond and show how they didn't line up with biblical Christianity. They continued on beyond that and did other issues of Mormon doctrine, so I committed that I would respond to every single video they made in that segment of their podcast. And sometimes I wish I hadn't, because there have been episodes that are... uh, not really dealing with doctrine, but just kind of history or things that affect or interact with Mormonism. And so they're not really something that I would say I'm refuting because history is history. Unless, of course, they're giving false history, and then we'll talk about that. But today's episode is really going to be just kind of an explanation of uh, what is called the CES letter, which you may not even know what that is. Um, So it might be helpful to hear what David says. And as always, I think God is faithful enough to uh, bring about something that is going to be beneficial for you, me, everybody involved in in watching this video and to glorify himself. So all that being said, we are going to go ahead and we're going to jump in and we are going to let David from Saints Unscripted explain to us what is the CES letter. Hey guys, so we've gotten a few messages recently asking us if we know about this document that's been floating around called the CES letter. Well, obviously... Yes, yes we do. Let's talk about it. In February of 2012, a Latter-day Saint named Jeremy Runnels was experiencing a faith crisis. He ran into things, mostly about church history, that he hadn't heard before that rattled his testimony. By summertime, he no longer believed in the truth claims of the church. 
The next year, Jeremy's Latter-day Saint grandfather put him in contact with a friend who worked for the church education system. He was a CES director. The CES director asked Jeremy to send him a list of issues that had caused him to lose his faith with the intention of helping him out. Jeremy's response was an 84-page document that came to be known as the CES letter. The CES director apparently never got around to responding. Jeremy made the letter available online. It has since been updated for a public audience. The full document is now 138 pages, and now the letter is no longer about getting answers from the LDS Church, but rather to call attention to this information that he claims the Church does not want its members and investigators to know. So, this is common. This is common that... The, I mean, it's it's essentially the story of me leaving Mormonism. Um, I left. I didn't. I never had a real strong testimony. We'll just put it that. For those of you who have, have seen and watched the videos I've done sharing my testimony of how I came out of Mormonism, my testimony was only really strong when Mormonism was challenged, and then suddenly I was pulling this thing and I was gonna. You know, I've always been kind of argumentative, if you can tell. Um, so. Uh, when I left, I had gotten involved in, in witchcraft through playing Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that in high school. I had gotten involved in uh, Islam because of my you know fascination with African-American culture, hip-hop, and stuff like that. So those were some of the things, but the what solidified my uh, leaving Mormonism and, and being a, an outspoken critic of Mormonism were many of those things that they showed the polygamy, Brigham Young's racism, um, all kinds of these things, the, the way that the book of Mormon was translated, all the stuff that, that is within the CES letter. Those were things that, that came about that weren't necessarily what led me out of Mormonism, because by the time I had seen this and learned many of these things, I was already out but it helped to solidify my knowledge that Mormonism is false. And it also did help me to uh, find my way through a lot of other false religions into being saved and regenerated through the repentance and faith in Christ. And long story short, it's caused some people to leave the church. Now, in a past episode, I mentioned that it's extremely hard to find unbiased information about the church because most all of the people that care about doing the research are people with some kind of investment in the interpretation of that research, for better or worse. The CES letter is no exception. Jeremy is very clear about where he stands in the introduction to the letter. Obviously, I'm a disaffected member who lost his testimony, so it's no secret which side I'm on at the moment. Thus, those who read the letter should not be expecting to find reasons to believe. Inspiring belief was never the purpose of the letter. But so, but here's, here's the reality, is the letter isn't really intended to draw away from belief either, I don't, be, I don't think, I don't believe. It's a presentation of church history, it's a presentation of uh, concerning issues within Mormonism and within the LDS Church. It's not necessarily a, yeah, I mean, obviously he is on the side of the dissenter. But most of, and I haven't read, you know, I haven't read the entire CES letter. I've read much of it. Um, it's not really just, it's not something that's there to go, here, this is, 
this is why you need to leave the church. It, it's just really, I think, I think he did a, a fairly good job of presenting it in such a way that it is just a presentation of church history and the issues on their face. But what topics does the letter actually bring up? Currently, the document is divided into 13 chapters, minus the conclusion, source notes, and epilogue, that each focus on a different category of various issues. None of the issues brought up in these chapters are new, though some may be new to you. Many criticisms are several decades old. Some even date back to literature critical of the church from Joseph Smith's own era. But the CES letter essentially distills all of the main criticisms. If you're watching the video and not just listening online, they threw up a, a clip from the South Park episode that was done about Mormonism. I don't remember ever seeing that, uh, that picture, that image, anywhere in the CES letter. So again, what this is there for, and I, I should, I guess, if I'm wrong, if that image is in the CES letter, correct me and I'll admit it. But I, what I think is happening is the David has thrown that in there to cast, excuse me, to um, an untrustworthy light on what this letter is by throwing in there the uh, picture from South Park, which obviously is, I don't even know if I can call it satirical, just outright perverse humor um, it takes away from credibility. I don't know that, that, that Reynolds had that image anywhere in the CES letter, so I just wanted to point that out. Criticisms against the church into one publicly available online document. If you're interested in more than the critical viewpoint, there are also plenty of Latter-day Saint resources that explore these issues. For example, if you're familiar with the faith and belief segment of Saints Unscripted, you're probably already familiar We're with a good it. portion of what the letter brings up. And if you want to watch some of our videos that happen to cover some of the same topics as the CES letter, feel free to check out this playlist. You've also got resources like the church's new history volumes, Saints, the Gospel Topics Essays, BYU Studies, the Encyclopedia of Mormonism, or the Joseph Smith Papers Project. There are also countless excellent non-official sources you can check out. The CES letter makes hundreds upon hundreds of claims. Whether intended or not, sometimes what the letter does is simply overwhelm readers with so much negative information that they're thrown into a panic before really taking a deep breath and investigating individual claims. To the point, many of the Faith and Beliefs or Saints Unscripted videos are filled with information as to overwhelm the viewer or listener with semi-positive uh, information to keep before, you know, filling you up before you can catch your breath, however he made that statement. They use the same kind of tactics. That's all I'm saying. And that's fairly understandable as the average person might not know how to go about researching these topics or may not have the patience for it. Ain't nobody got time for that. Some of the information in the letter is simply true. Some, as far as I can tell, is 
patently false, and hopefully those are honest mistakes. And I think some lacks important nuance or leaves out additional relevant information. It takes a lot of familiarity with these topics to be able to recognize where things might be out of place. Please don't make the mistake of thinking that a few pages or paragraphs on a topic are all there is to it. The letter you... Okay, now I don't know anywhere in the letter that is anything is patently false. Again, I have not read the entire thing, but from what I have read, most of it is fairly accurate. But to make this statement, again, without any kind of uh, actual corroborating uh, documentation or manuscripts or uh, evidence, it's just him saying. So, once again, don't believe just a few words from David uh, covers all the bases. Even strongly urges readers to go out and do their own research. I echo that invitation. Please take the time to do your research. Absolutely. Some Take people look at these issues, research. come out with their testimony intact, have a more informed faith, and carry on. Some people, like Jeremy, might look at the same issues and choose a different path. History is messy. Humans are messy. Every religion has its own batch of controversial issues to grapple with. Oftentimes, those who leave our faith only find a fresh batch of tough questions in the next faith they join. For example, after Jeremy stopped believing in the church, he became a non-denominational Christian until he started exploring the tough questions of Christianity and the Bible. He didn't like what he found and became an agnostic atheist. Do I have problems with Jeremy's methods and conclusions in the CES letter? So, again, to that point, um, trying to formulate uh, the, the statement that I want to make uh, clearly. A lot of people leave Mormonism and just become atheists. Uh, the reality is, is if, if you don't get into a, a good church where doctrine is explained and not, not uh, you know, force-fed or anything like that, a good teaching church where they can break down you know, things like Refuge does where they go verse by verse through the Bible. I mean, if you're getting into a topical church or something to that effect, it's going to be it's going to be difficult um, because you're not going line by line through God's word and really letting a a preacher or pastor explain those things in detail. Um, so, again, not many people. As far as I know, I mean, I know I've known a lot of people who have come out of Mormonism who have truly gotten saved and found themselves a good, solid, theologically sound Bible believing and Bible teaching church that have had never had any issues. I don't know what church Reynolds went to after he left Mormonism, um, but I'm probably thinking it was probably a seeker sensitive uh, not want to offend anybody, not call anybody to repentance, not a lot of talk about uh, sin or faith or repentance or hell or condemnation or any of those things. No allowing the Holy Spirit to really do any kind of work to convict a soul of sin and draw those people to repentance and faith in Christ. So I would probably say that Reynolds never really got saved, um, never really was convicted of his sin was just, again, looking for some kind of works-based doctrine.
Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. Good. I'm sure he disagrees with plenty of my methods and conclusions as well. Some people are very grateful for the letter. For others, it's caused an incredible amount of pain. People familiar with it tend to have very strong opinions about it, and discussions surrounding the merits of the letter can unfortunately get quite heated quite quickly. But before we end, I want to pause here for a second to emphasize the following point. Just because someone leaves their faith does not make them a bad person. Just because someone leaves their faith does not mean that they just wanted to live a life of sin. There are fantastic people within our faith, and there are fantastic people who leave our faith. So, when the first time I watched this, this kind of triggered me a little bit. Because so many people, when I left Mormonism, that was the point. Even leaders in the Mormon church went to the, the extremes of going, you just want to live a life of sin. You just want to smoke. You just want to do this. And, and yes, I did want to smoke, and I did smoke for many years after I left the Mormon church, and I drank, and I was promiscuous. I was a sinner. But I did not leave the Mormon church in order to live a life of sin. The reality was I was living the same life of sin while I was a member of the church. I just recognized the things that were untrue. And for many men who have left the Mormon church who held the priesthood, to say that they're not a bad person, David, would truly be a contradiction because your church teaches that they are sons. We are sons of perdition. We are those who are destined for outer darkness because we held the priesthood and renounced it. So again, I, there's, a, a, there's a disingenuousness. Is that a word? It is now. Um, in this little bit of a presentation of there are good people outside our church there, you know, we just want you to be happy. Then why are you still sending missionaries out to convert people, to tell people that all other religions are an abomination, their, their creeds are an abomination, the professors of which are corrupt? Why are you still sending out missionaries to do that? Because you do think that they're, in a sense, bad people. There are happy people within our faith, and there are happy people who leave our faith. We can share our beliefs, we can defend the faith, we can invite repentance. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we do not have the luxury of mocking, ostracizing, or demonizing those who leave, Jeremy included. We are not under commandment to agree with them, but we are under commandment to love them, no matter what path they choose. And that's something all of us, including myself, can do better at. Personally, I found much more happiness by living my religion than I have by arguing with people about it. Anyway, there's a quick rundown of what the CES letter is. Feel free to shoot us a message if you've got questions or concerns, and have a great day. All right, so that last statement, let's just kind of break that down. He said he's found more happiness or more, more fulfillment, whatever, in living his religion than you know, arguing against what, whatever. The difference is between what I'm doing and responding to and refuting the false claims of Mormonism is for him to say, well, you all have a bit of the truth and blah, blah, blah. It's a meaningless statement because everybody in, in Mormonism gets to go to heaven at some point or another, um, except for sons of perdition. I, as a Christian, recognize that those who are members of the LDS faith, those who are members of the Mormon church are deceived, are following after a false doctrine, a false gospel, a false Christ and a false God. And they are on the path that leads to destruction. 
they are on a path that leads to hell. And I do not want that for them. So my refuting, for me to refute Mormonism is to say, you are leading people to hell, and I don't want to see that. For Mormonism to refute other religions is to say, well, you're all going to go to heaven anyway. We just want you to be part of our one true church. Excuse me. And so there's a difference. There truly is a difference. I cannot sit and watch my Mormon family members. I cannot sit and watch my Mormon friends continue on a path that goes to hell without trying to warn them. They can, they can watch me go on my path and go, well, okay, well, I mean, I'm technically a son of perdition, so I would hope that they would try to stop me. But anyone else who is not a member of the church or anything, they can go, oh, well, you're going to get to some level of heaven someday, so we really don't need to bother with you. Do you see the difference? I hope you can see the difference. I hope I'm articulating that well enough to make you understand why I cannot be content just to sit by and watch my Mormon family members or watch my Mormon friends continue on this path which leads to destruction. Why it is the path that leads to destruction, many are those who find it. This is one of those paths that leads to destruction. Mormonism cannot offer any kind of salvation or uh, or reconciliation to the Father because they are following after a false Christ, a false God, and a absolutely false gospel. That is why we continue. That's why I do these episodes week in and week out, responding to these things, because I want people to know the truth. And the truth is, is that Joseph Smith was a false prophet who presented a false gospel given to him by a false Christ, which gives glory to a false God that offers no form of salvation outside of what you can earn for yourself. And that is a scary place to be when in reality the the gospel of Jesus Christ says all are sinners. No one can find their way to heaven or earn their way to heaven or work their way to heaven. The only way you get there, the only way you get that ticket punched is repenting and putting your faith in Christ who did all the work on your behalf. Every bit of the work was done on your behalf by Christ. There's no work that you can do that can add to, take away from, or in any way enhance or diminish the salvation that Christ has given you because his perfect sacrifice is what God looks at when he sees those who have put on Christ and for those who there is no longer any condemnation. So I hope you guys found this helpful. If you did, please hit the subscribe button there. Uh, If you're on the Evangelical Norm channel on YouTube, hit the like button, hit the share button. That makes Mr. Algorithm uh, send us out to other people who might like and want to be part of these uh, episodes and um, podcasts. Uh, as well, you can, any questions or comments, please leave them below. You can hit me up at the master's dog on Twitter. You can follow me at Norm Dunham on Facebook, any of those places. I'm open and willing to have any kind of conversation, receive any kind of feedback and, uh, hopefully some kind of encouragement as well, because I'd love to have, uh, those of you who are encouraged, give encouraging words that these, uh, podcasts have somewhat been beneficial to you. So thank you for watching. And as always, Preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And if you absolutely need it, use amplification. Until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.